welcome everyone here this morning for the uh, morning worship service here at the Boonville Church of Christ. We want to especially welcome all of those that are uh, viewing our service this morning off of Facebook or YouTube or are listening on the audio broadcast. Thank you for being a part of our service today. We're glad to be back in the building today. And we want to thank you for wearing your mask as uh, we've requested. The last thing we want to do is to have another outbreak of the virus among our congregation. We have taken every precaution that we know how to take. And we hope that you are taking those kind of precautions yourself and that you will help us to ensure that we don't have another outbreak. Thank you for all of the things that you've done during the last few months to encourage the congregation to remain faithful. And because of the group that we have today, I'm encouraged to see you. And I know there are still many of our members that are not able to be with us for one or for for several different reasons. And we want to remember them as we assemble today. Let me start out our our new uh, meeting together again with a great announcement. Will and Sally Boland. Uh, have decided it's time to place membership. I know that the the virus has put a uh, a lot of things on hold, but they are they are officially placing membership with us today. We want to welcome them and their their two children, Carson and Hayden. They live at 118 Ridgemont Circle. Both of them are employed at uh, are part of the faculty at Northeast, and we are glad to have them as part of our membership today. Let's begin our service in prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today, to be here to worship you. And we pray that we've come together for that purpose. And Father, we pray for those that will be watching this broadcast, that you'll be with them, and Father, we long for the day when we can all be together again. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Our first song this morning will be Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah from the
pray together this morning. Our most gracious and loving Father, we bow with grateful hearts this morning, Father. So grateful that we have this opportunity to assemble together in person, Father. We just praise you for your love for us, your boundless love, for your abundance, mercy, and your grace. So thankful, Father, for all the many blessings of life, for all the spiritual blessings through your Son, Lord Jesus. Father, we give thee thanks for all things, for the eldership that is a place here at Boonville, for their godly influence on our lives, for all the deacons and their service. We're thankful for all the educators, for their continued uh, work. Father, we just pray you continue to bless all them. Father, we're mindful of all those who are less fortunate than we, mindful of all those who are sick, we pray for all those, all the caregivers, Father. We pray for them, and we cherish our health, Father. And we, But help us to realize that our soul is the most important thing. We pray, Father, for peace in this land. And Scripture reminds us, Father, that if we will, as your people, if we will humble ourselves, if we will pray if we will seek your face and ask for forgiveness that you will hear us from heaven and that you will heal our land. Father, we just continue to pray that you'll be with all the leaders in the nation, Father, that they will seek thy wisdom. Father, once again, we just love you for all that you do for us and we're so thankful for just every gift, the gift of this day. So thankful, Father. And we just pray now, Father, that you'll be with us through the rest of this service, through the rest of this week. We pray that we'll be found doing your will. We pray that we'll walk by faith. And we pray for the lost, the sick, and the brokenhearted. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Invitation song after the lesson this morning will be Kneel at the Cross. Before the lesson this morning, sing our God, He is alive. If you'd like to, please stand if you're able. <clears throat>
The scripture morning, this morning is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know, that ye, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Good morning. It is so great to see you out there. Now, I've seen you in my mind as I looked at that little camera hanging there from the balcony. And I was looking forward to today that I could actually see, well, part of your faces anyway. Anita and I just want to say to you how thankful we are to be a part of this congregation and for all the incredible kindnesses that have been extended to us and we just look forward to what God has in store for all of us as we're moving forward. Now, something a little different for you folks who are watching online. And that is, usually when I'm speaking, I just look at that camera the whole time. Try to relate to you. But now I've got all these people. So I'm going to have to relate to them. I don't know if it's like what teachers are having to deal with while they're teaching a live audience of students and then also having to do some online students. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be jerking around and trying to address everybody. So thank you for tuning in and I hope that circumstances will be for you such that in the near future you can come and be a part of our gathering here. But we understand and we are praying that this pandemic will be finished very soon. Sister Mormon had surgery this week, and she's here today. The doctor said that she should be well enough on Saturday maybe to get out and go to the grocery store, something like that. So she said, if I could go to the grocery store, I could go to worship. And there she is. And we're thankful. And I know Jordan was up here leading our singing enthusiastically, but Jordan's going to be having surgery this week on Tuesday. And we're praying that this surgery is going to fix physical problems he's been dealing with for a while. So please be praying for him that he has great success. And then, you know, there's been a lot of social tension and uprising in places in our country and Jonathan Timms is a part of a unit that was sent to Wisconsin to help with some of that. And maybe there are others in our congregation who have ties to those folks who are providing protection and security and all of that. And not only do we think of Jonathan, but others who are dealing with these kinds of situations. I know there are other people who are sick, and maybe you've had surgery too. But I'm thankful that we've made it to today and we can worship God together in spirit and in truth. Thank you for making our time together of study, whether you're here 
or you or some other place a priority in your life. Now today, I chose Psalm 100 because it is a psalm of thanksgiving. And to me, today is a day of thanksgiving. Today is a day we've been looking forward to. Now we actually were looking forward to it several weeks ago, right? We came together, Ken's first Sunday, and then they shut it down. I don't know how to take that. I'm just going to say it was the virus that precipitated that outcome, but you've come back and I'm thankful. And so we're going to restart. Let's commit ourselves to doing the very best that we can, as has already been said, to wear the mask, and I already know how uncomfortable that is, and also to maintain our distance and We'll get some more information about that a little bit later. Before we start our study, I always find it, at least from from my standpoint, important to pray that God will bless us. So let's pray together, and then we will see what God has in store for us today. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the blessing of this first day of the week, a day that we can assemble to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Father, for those who have assembled here at the building. Thank you, Father, for those who are in their homes or other places and watching us on uh, the live stream. But, Father, wherever we are, I'm thankful that as a body we're united in a particular work together. And I pray, Lord, today that you will help us to be so thankful. Help us, Father, to be thankful for all that is around us for the way that you increase our joy uh, despite the circumstances that we sometimes face that are negative and hurtful. Thank you, Lord, for directing our lives. Thank you, Lord, for accepting the limitations that we have. And, Lord, we thank you that you just are patient with us, that you, you will go with us every step of the way. Father, I pray that you'll help me today, that I'll be able to communicate some of these thoughts from your word, and I pray that those who hear these words, that they'll fall on their hearts and, and find their place there, and that we can enact these truths, that we can, we can absolutely be thankful for all that you make possible in our lives. Thank you for what you'll do through me and for our hearers and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The response to thanksgiving, when we are just, man, we are overwhelmed with our gratitude toward God, the ultimate response is worship, and that is what we've been doing today. When we can blend our hearts and our minds, our spirits together to glorify and praise God for something, whether it is our salvation or whether it's some practical application of a good thing that God has brought into our life by His providence. When we are thankful, we just cannot help but express it in our worship. But I'm also thinking that we make a practical application. And so as a result of our thanksgiving, we think back about what has happened. And whether it was a very positive thing that's occurred in our life, we're filled with rejoicing and we're just overflowing with smiles and happiness, or whether it is a negative thing that is coming to our life. The fact of the matter is that God is a part of every 
aspect of the life we're living. That whether it's something I, I think is positive and feel good about, or even it's a negative thing, I know that God will work through those negative things in order to produce a good outcome because I love Him and I've set myself according to His will. Romans 8, verse 28. So today, I want us to use Psalm 100, a beautiful psalm about thanksgiving, to remind us of those things that God is able to do through us and for us to His glory. And I want us, more than anything, to be thankful. I would say in the first place that I am thankful for the way that the Lord increases my joy. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. There are some things that are obvious about that. <laughs> I think of a passage like Philippians 4 and verse 4. And maybe you've quoted it a lot. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, usually when I think of rejoicing, I think of the happy times. And I can just list them all out, and then I can point at other passages of Scripture that kind of elicit the same kind of emotion of the joy of living in the Lord and, and of how I want to give kickbacks to Him. When something good happens, I just want to praise Him for it, right? In fact, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13, that's the sentiment, at least in the beginning of that text. Is anyone cheerful? Good question. You say, I'm full of cheer. What should I do? And he says right there to sing psalms. Isn't that a natural response to good things that happen to us? I'm filled with cheer. I've got joy. And I just want to express it. And the way I express it, maybe, maybe I'm not full out singing. <laughs> maybe I'm just humming along in my day. Someone hears you humming and they say, oh, Somebody's happy. It's just, it's a natural inward response that just finds itself to the outside. Good things have happened and we're just, man, we're happy. And we sing about it. Or if it's not us, the Bible also says we can join in to the happiness of others. So Romans chapter 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. And isn't that easy to do? When something good happens to my brother or sister, I hear about that. Well, because we're a part of the same family and because God is being glorified in this, when that, when that good thing happens to them, I feel like that's happened to me. And so I just, man, I rejoice and I'm overflowing with this expression of praise to God. I just can't help it. I want to break into song. But truth is that biblical joy can be attained not just, not just when I'm happy or cheerful. Biblical joy, rejoicing, can also happen when things aren't going so well. In times when it's sort of unexpected. Listen to James in that regard. James chapter 1, beginning verse 2. He said to count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But 
Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a, a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now right there's the whole teaching wrapped up in those few verses. He says you should have joy even when trials come. And you say, well, brother, I can't wrap my mind around that. And he says then in response, well, if you can't wrap your mind around it, then pray to God that he'll give you wisdom. Because the fact is that it's true. You can rejoice even in the midst of trials when the difficult times come. Because God is even in that, let's just say that low point, God is able even in that low point to bring about good things. And he says, if nothing else, then in the midst of that trial, you can develop patience. So God is even in the trial. Our response is not sadness. It's not despair. He said, if we're wise, and we understand God and his working, we will rather choose joy. And so I think, well... We were looking at a couple of other passages a moment ago. James 5.13 was one. He said, rejoice with those who rejoice. I get that. But then he also says, to weep with those who weep. I did not personally experience what you experienced. But just as much as I would be filled with joy when you're joyful, then... When you're weeping, when the negative times come for you, I'm going to take that to myself too. We're going to be fellow, we're going to be fellow sufferers together. That's what compassion is, to suffer with another. Or, here's a remedy. In Romans chapter 12, verse 15, we saw that if we're cheerful, we should sing psalms. He says, well, if you're suffering, here's what you do pray. And that makes sense, but let's think about it this way. Okay, so as much as I rejoice with you and I want to throw a party and I want to invite all the friends, how about this? How about when we suffer? We don't have to suffer alone. That's what I like so much about a bulletin that has prayer requests in it. I'm assuming that everybody in the congregation is taking that list and praying. Praying for those who are suffering. And as much as you can, suffering with those who suffer. I'm just, I'm really, I'm really thankful to the Lord that whether it's in good times or bad times, that He increases, he increases my joy. I'm also thankful that the Lord directs my life. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We're His people, the sheep of His pasture. Oh, I love that. You didn't make yourself, you know, so kind of get off your high horse and realize that as life is going for you, that is a blessing. Now, it is a blessing where you are and the circumstances that exist for you. If you are a multi-millionaire, you don't have to raise your hand. Huh? But if that's you, then God blessed you with that. If you are not a multimillionaire, 
I tend to think, well, God didn't give me that because he didn't think I'd use it right. <laughs> so if you're not, peace on that too. Thank you, Lord. Wherever I find myself in plenty or in need and want, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Because in the final analysis, how this life is going for me, I can put directly at the feet of the Lord. You say, well, Ken, I have despair and sorrow all the time. Then thank you, Lord. Ken, you don't know how I suffer. I, I don't. I can't stand in anybody's shoes and offer any real consolation because I don't know what you're going through. But here's what I do know. I do know that the Lord promises to be with us in equal portion to every circumstance. So if I have that confidence, if I know the Lord's going to be with me, then again, whether it's in those good times or bad times, I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to be thankful. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to the end of the chapter. What's he saying? <laughs> you know how you worry about stuff? You know, you know? Don't. Don't worry, he says, because the Lord is taking care of the things that are needful. Things that are inconsequential in this world, God takes care of in large portion. Birds don't starve to death, and yet they are basically insignificant. The grass of the field that blooms, they just cut it down and burn it. It's inconsequential. God takes care of that, makes it some of the most beautiful things on the planet. So if God will feed birds that are inconsequential, and He'll dress plants that are inconsequential, what in the world do you think He will do for you, His child? I'll tell you what He'll do. He will move heaven and earth for every single one of you. Don't worry. Know that the Lord, He's directing our lives. Now, I did make myself, I know that, God did. And He says, what, what you really are, let's put that in perspective, we're His sheep. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. We're sheep. If you've heard any of the lessons that I've done previously, I mentioned something about sheep the other day. 
They're stupid. I was in a, actually doing a little chapel for Christian school gathering one time. I was talking about the uh, swan and the crane. And in that poem, it actually says that the, the crane was looking at that swan and he was in stupid wonder. When I said that, my entire audience of little people went, <clears throat> he said a bad word. You said stupid. And I was like, oh no. What I mean by that is that sheep just, they don't think. I mean, they eat, they roam around, but they're not concerned. They're not concerned about their safety. They're not even concerned about the food that they eat. They're just kind of wanderers. They need a shepherd to take care of them. Well, as much as, much as our comparison with God is, the one who will provide everything for us, we're just like sheep. We're just wandering around in need of a shepherd. When that shepherd is just, he's right here. He's within our reach. Most often I hear Psalm 23. You know that one? Most often I hear that one read at a funeral. And I guess it is in some part encouraging and soothing to hear those words, but I think the words are for the living, don't you? And you can say it with me if you want to, but I want to remind us of our, our shepherd the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see how hopeful that is? He's my shepherd, and he takes care of everything for me. Me, me, can we not get ourselves in a mess? I mean, constantly looking around, and I think, oh, Man, I'm so glad I didn't this or I didn't that or when I did this, thank you, Lord, that. That's exactly right. Thank you, Lord, that and then fill in the blank. And you know why? Because He's my shepherd. He's walking right along with me, even down into the valley of the shadow of death. And in the midst of that, will I be fearful? I will not. Now, if I've kind of kicked the Lord out and I've taken charge, then yeah, I'll be fearful. I'll be way fearful. But if I know that the Lord is my shepherd, no matter where life takes me, I will not be afraid. It's not that I won't be afraid because I think I can handle it. I can't. But I will not be afraid because the Lord is by my side. And here's what He promises all the way to the end. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for directing my life. 
And I'm thankful for the way that the Lord, He accepts my limitations. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. I already have problems with this particular section. And that's where He says, enter. I don't know if you're like me or not. Maybe you're not. I'm constantly second-guessing myself. Decisions that I made. What I said. And, you know, sometimes when you overanalyze a thing, get wrapped up in your actions, what you said, and possible complications from that, really get down on yourself. Pretty heavy. And if that goes on long enough, you start feeling like you're unworthy. Right here he said, enter. I think, seriously? Enter? Go on in? The Scriptures help us. I mean, there's all kind of superlatives in the Scriptures, all kinds of encouragement and attaboys and pats on the back for the faithful child of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 come to mind as passages that say to go boldly. <laughs> so not just enter there, but enter boldly. It's just like bust open the doors and walk right on in like you belong here. You know why you can do that? Because you do belong here. If ever there were a person who did not belong, that would have been the Apostle Paul. See, we call him the Apostle Paul because that's positive. Before he really became the Apostle and the missionary, they called him Saul of Tarsus. He would not want to continue to be called that because that elicits thoughts of a life that he once lived. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning verse 12, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. I did it ignorantly in unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. Paul says, I am an example of the long-suffering of God. Because you know what I used to be? I used to be a blasphemer, an insolent man, a persecutor. I used to do terrible things. 
Oh, you know the scriptures even describe my terrible things. Of, of all, the, of all the, the ideas, Lord, you're going to save me from this life, but you're going to record the terrible things I did? Yeah, I'm that guy that was standing there, and they dropped their coats as they went to go stone Stephen. Yeah, that's me. I'm the one who drug off faithful children of God for persecution. I'm the one who went to those leaders of Israel to get papers to give me the authority to abuse these Christians. I'm the one. But let me tell you something about that. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. I like the way he put that. He didn't just say, I received mercy and I received grace. He says it was an exceeding abundance of it. Because that's what I needed. But that's what he got, isn't it? How much do I need? Well, however much I need, I can get. I can get that because Paul says, you know what, I just serve as an example of those who can be changed. I've received the mercy of God. I've received the grace of God that is founded in my belief. And just as much as that happened to him, the chief of sinners, so that is for us. It all goes back to Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6, 7, and 8, it says that when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the import of that is, you know what? You might find some people who would die for good people, but who would ever find somebody who's going to die for a reprobate like me? I'll tell you who will die for any reprobate, any sinner, no matter what the sin. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And He died not when you had it all together. He died when all of humanity was in sin. When there was not one still hanging on to Jesus. He died right there alone. So, I'm, I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful that I can enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise to be exceedingly thankful to Him and to bless His name. And I'm thankful that the Lord suffers my inconsistencies. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. For the Lord is, is good. His goodness is like... Uh, an inexhaustible fountain. It's perpetual that way. His mercy is like an ever-flowing stream. It never stops. And His truth is like a fathomless ocean. We cannot know its depths. Paul talked about the Lord's mercy and by the way, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. And when it comes to sin, we deserve to die. 
I think, oh, thank you. So you say, my moment of mercy, Ken, obeyed the gospel, had my sins washed away, came up, yes, for the mercy of God, but what about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? What about a month from then? A year from then? 20 years from then? What about His mercy then? Is that why you've come to this place and you say, you know, Ken, there for the longest time I felt like I could enter into the presence of the Lord. Now, I don't feel worthy. Why don't you feel worthy? You say, well, I got this or that, this or that. Let me tell you something about the mercy of God. The mercy of God did not end when you came up out of that water. In fact, so far as the application to your life, I suppose that was the beginning point of God's mercies. And here's the thing about the mercy of God. And some of you know I like to get up early in the morning and go for a run. And in the midst of that run, almost every day, I just, I I relish the moment when the sun comes up. Because it reminds me of this one thing. You say, well, Ken, you, you have in your mind all kinds of biblical things. I do. But every morning, every single morning, this one concept about God comes to mind for me. It's Lamentations 3, 22 and following. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in you. Did you hear that? Mercies new every single morning. Hey, I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God for all these things we've talked about here today. I'm thankful that He made possible our assembly here today. I'm thankful for the blessings, all of the multitude of blessings, inestimable that are found in Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for you, my church family. It's probably true, though, that as you've been sitting there thinking about the blessings that are in Jesus, about approaching God, that maybe, maybe you thought of that one particular thing that's just always been a problem for you. And I'm hoping that as you're thinking in a thankful manner today, that you thought, you know, I got to get that, I got to get that out of the way. I want to truly be thankful to God. I want to want to enjoy the blessings that come in that relationship with Him. So I got to get this out of the way. Look, if you can, if you can resolve your differences with God personally by approaching Him and begging His forgiveness, if that's just between you and Him, then great. Please do that. Do that, and you see it right now. If it has been a matter of some knowledge, maybe it's been a, a reproach on the church some way, then why don't you make it public? Let's, let's, let's weep together. Let us shoulder some of that burden that you feel today. Because I promise you, no matter what it is, the mercy, the grace, the love of God, God will forgive it. And so will we. Let's confess it, pray about it, put it behind us. Today, if you're not a child of God, there's plenty for you to be thankful for. You can be thankful right now that 
an opportunity is given for you to have your sins washed away, for you to experience the mercy of God. Because sin, its penalty is death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. So today, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I would say most likely 100% of the people in here believe that, you wouldn't even be here. If you believe He's the Son of God, then today confess that faith. Be buried in water to have your sins washed away by the blood that Jesus shed even when we were sinners. And rise up out of that watery grave, having repented of your sins, turn completely away to a new life in Jesus Christ. You'll be surrounded by family that love you, support you, and are party to the thanksgiving that you undoubtedly will uh, be in. If there's anybody today who needs to respond uh, for any reason at all, now's your opportunity. I want you to come up if you need to while we stand together and sing. Feel at the cross Supper this morning will be Can He Still Feel the Nails?
want to remind you just a little bit of why we take the Lord's Supper. It was day of Passover in Jerusalem. Jesus told his disciples to go and find a man that would take them to a place that they could observe the Passover. He said he'll have a pail of water. So they went into the city and they found a man and he had a pail of water and they followed him. And he said, our master said that you would have a place that we could get together to observe the Passover. And he did. He had an upper room. It was furnished. It was ready for them. And that's where the twelve, along with Jesus, went to observe the Passover. Now, after they got there, I assume that they were walking in sandals. They'd been traveling a while. Well, Jesus got up and he took his robe off and he put on a towel and he took that pitcher of water and he poured it. And he got down on his knees and he washed the feet of all 12 of his disciples. And he told them, he said, the master is not greater than the servant. He told them that he was no greater than them, that in the Lord's house everyone was the same, that you were not supposed to think that you were better than anyone else. You're supposed to take care and care and not mind helping other people and doing tasks for them. Then he took this bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And then after that, he took the cup and he passed it around and they ate, drank of it. But the important thing that he said was that every time that you do this, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember how humble I am. I want you to remember that I'm not greater than you. And I want you to live your life like I live mine. We now have this opportunity to take this loaf and this bread. If, if you didn't pick one up as you came in, raise your hand and we'll get you one. Please bow with me in prayer. Father in heaven, as we come to thee this day, we're so very thankful for Jesus Christ. We remember him as the one who suffered for us that through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, if we would only believe in him and do the things that he told us to do, that we could have eternal life. Please help us to do this in a manner that would be, submiss be okay with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow with me again as we thank God for the fruit of the vine. Father, we come to thee so very thankful for this life, but most of all thankful for Jesus Christ and his blood, the blood that he was so willingly shed 
that we might have forgiveness of our sins. The blood that took the place of the lambs and the goats that had to be slain, as we read about in the Old Testament, the precious blood of Jesus Christ that he gave for us. Help us to do this in a manner that would be submissive unto thy will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, I'd like for you to go with me in prayer to our Father, being thankful for our uh, physical blessings. Uh, there's lots of ways that you can give back, so let's pray for that. Father in heaven, we come to thee so very thankful for the life that we're able to live, that the money that we're able to make, the houses that we're able to live in, the cars that we're able to drive, Help us to remember that only through you that these things are possible. And as we come to thee, as we give back a portion of that that you give us, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before, before Jerry comes and makes our final announcement and prayer, one of the things that uh, we as the elders have been considering is a, and has been suggested to us, is having a early service, or a second early service. If you have any interest in having a service that would be outside, uh, where you could either bring your lawn chairs or sit in your car and listen to the, to the preaching and the service, let one of the elders know or call the office sometime this week and leave a message that you would be interested in participating in something like that so that we can have an idea of whether it would be worthwhile to do that or not. Bear in mind that it would only be a temporary thing for two or three months that we will have where the weather would allow us to have an outside service. So let us know what you think. Before um, Brother Barrett comes and dismisses us, I want to briefly, isn't it great to be able to be together today? It really is. And as we um, get ready to think about our classes on Wednesday night, um, this Wednesday night, I hope that you've looked in the bulletin and that you'll see there's some guidelines and procedures for that. And with that in mind, I, I wanted to make a quick uh, reminder of those things. You know, I did that on purpose. Guidelines and procedures. You'll notice up there it doesn't say uh, rules. But I want to, there's a couple of things that we need to clarify, I think. Uh, I read this morning Romans 1, or Romans 14, and 1 Corinthians 10, and Philippians 2. I realize that there's a lot of different feelings, uh, a lot of confusion going on during this time. And, and I'm going to tell you, nobody's as confused as somebody who's trying to teach school right now. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But I understand that there's many uh, who are uncomfortable uh, and many not even comfortable with teaching right now and, and being in class. I understand that. And through those passages, I respect that. Absolutely. 
but I do want to, as you read those, please understand that the social distancing and the mass protocols are going to be in place, uh, especially, and I, I want to give an explanation, we're going to insist on that in the classrooms, especially from uh, up through the high school. I already had one person ask me about that. And the reason for that is because right now we've got band students, we've got football players, we've got other people, uh, me included, that if we're in contact with someone for more than 15 minutes without a mask or the protocols in place, the contact tracing and the quarantine rules that are in place that take us back, that puts us out for 14 days. So for fairness, uh, we're going to have to insist uh, that we do that in the classroom. So uh, please. Uh, participate, cooperate with us on that. Um, briefly, and I may have to remind Ken of this because if he's anything like me that uh, I would never think of it. Uh, I make myself a note to do this at the end of class and forget where I put the note. Um, but at the end of class on Wednesday night, when he dismisses class, the, the parents are asked to leave first and go out and then pick up your children and exit in that direction and then others exit in the other direction uh, and that will make it easier. Please pray and, and thank you for your prayers and your cooperation. And just a reminder, you'll go to the Bible class if you choose to. Um, you'll go to the Bible class the grades you're currently in. Good morning. Uh, we had 196 here today. And... Uh, many watching, I'm sure. Uh, thank you, everybody, for wearing masks. That's, uh, I know the elders wanted to express their appreciation, and so does everybody else. Thank you very much. Um, real quickly, because I know everybody wants to take their masks off, um, we have those to pray for. It's a very large list, but just a few. Uh, Martha Eaton. Jordan, uh, first day of September, will be having surgery, as was already said. Lori Deaton, Joan Mormon, Delma Sanchez, Donald Green, Melanie Jackson, Rick Wixom, the Pratt family, and Gary Panel. And there's many, many more. And please do look at their bulletin, and let's all be in prayer for them. A card to read. Your kindness means the world to me. A thousand words could not express my thanks for all of the cards, phone calls, food, and prayers from my church family, from me and Jonathan. This is the most loving congregation, and I'm honored to be part of it. Love, Marilyn Martin. Um, just to remember, uh, the food pantry item this week is canned meat. Uh, food pantry and clothes closet will be open Thursday, September 10 and the 17th. And also, one more item, uh, for our members, please add 662-24190, this is in the bulletin, to the contacts in your phone. That way, when it calls you, you won't think it's somebody trying to sell you a car warranty or something like that. Uh, this is our church automated number. We'll use this to uh, send out information and things of that nature. So put it in your phone that way and just put church message so when you see a pop-up you'll know what it is so uh, one more thing when we leave uh, let's just leave one pew at a time uh, just how we came in and just be careful and then when you get outside you can take your masks off and and uh, do what you do so 
Let's, uh, let's pray before we are dismissed. Heavenly Father, this time we've had together today, we cannot express in the words how grateful we are, how grateful we are to have learned this lesson and how anxious we are to keep applying and apply it more to our lives. Heavenly Father, we must in these times of sickness and division, may we have sympathy, may we take action in a good way. May we always continue to forgive as you have forgiven each and every one of us. May we always strengthen our faith. May we always have hope. And most of all, Father, may we always love those as we love ourselves because we know that you first love us. Father, we're so grateful that your son came and that you're always with us and always will be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.